Awesome. Are you proud to be a part of this country? I sure am. Still the greatest nation in the world, I believe. It's founded on God, filled with godly principles, and we're going to continue to fight for those, right? Yeah. Well, just a quick announcement. Um, We have something special tonight since it's the 4th of July weekend. We are all going to do sparklers together. 15 minutes after service, Pastor Holly got us all taken care of. So before you leave, make sure you grab one and we can celebrate. They take like two minutes to go through, but that way we can celebrate 4th of July together in our great nation. Does that sound fun? It's adults and kids, so adults get to participate because we were talking about just kids and I'm like, I want to do a sparkler, you know? So I'm excited to do that with all of you today. So who's ready for the word? I am excited. In fact, I am super excited. I'm excited about this message. After worship and everything that God did then, I am even more excited about this message. But really, I'm just excited about what God's doing. God is strengthening, like Pastor Matt said. When I was praying about this message, I just felt like God was saying, I'm strengthening my people. I'm strengthening the worship. I'm strengthening the word. I'm strengthening the conviction and the commitment in the hearts of my people. And I'm increasing hunger. And so I'm excited because God is going to do something. Because when he does that, he's about ready to move. And I believe that he is building and preparing us for something great. And I don't know what it is, but I feel a stirring. Do any of you feel a stirring? Do you feel like, God, just point me in the right direction. I want to go where you're going, and I want to be where you are, whatever that looks like, because you feel that bubbling up. And so anyway, I am excited um, just about what God's doing in this time and in this season. And so if you're joining us online today, I just want to ask you, will you put in the comments what you are excited that God is doing in your life or what you see happening today? We would love to hear from you and to be able to connect with you too. Um, So anyway, let's go ahead and pray before we begin because because then I'm just going to begin and move in, okay? All right. Dear Father God, I thank you so much for what you're doing. I thank you for, for choosing us in this season, for positioning us and, and preparing us for what you have in store, Lord God. I thank you for speaking to us through your word and through worship and through, you know, just our time with you, Lord God, to prepare us for what you have. Father, I pray that you would open all of our ears so that we can hear what you're saying. We don't want to miss you. We don't want to miss one word or one direction, Lord God. Help us to hear you in increasing levels and increasing ways, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to start out today by telling you a story of something that happened to me a couple weeks ago. And I don't know, I'm just really blown away. You can see if you can see the same thing that God has kind of threaded through this night that I do. But anyway, a couple Friday nights ago, I was up and I was in the sanctuary and I was worshiping. Um, And the way I do that, because the kids aren't there, I have six, and so it's quiet time. I have to leave my house. I can't find it in my house. So I go up there to do it, and then I turn the radio or the worship up as loud as I can to hopefully not blow the speakers, but to where I can't hear my own voice. And now I just admitted that to Micah, and he may, like, lock down the soundboard so I can't use it anymore. But um, I do. I like to be able to sing as loud as I can and not be able to, to hear myself sing. Actually, what I like to do is to have it so loud to where I think I sound like whoever's singing. 
I know you guys do that in your car, unless you can't sing, but you turn it up loud where you're like, man, I'm pretty good in that. So that's what I do um, in the sanctuary. And I was spending time with God and, and having one of those dig-in moments. I know Pastor Matt, he had preached a couple weeks ago about how we, we need to have daily time with God, but we also have to have that time where we dig in weekly a little deeper, and we dig in monthly a little deeper, because we can't just go on autopilot with God, right? There are times when we need more of him, more revelation, and more of his presence. And for me, this was one of those times. There had been some things that were weighing on my mind, some things that had kind of started waking me up a little bit at night. Not big things, but they just began to kind of mess with me a little bit. And so I just needed this time with God. And so I was worshiping and, and praising God, and, and all of that started to kind of lift. Have you guys had that experience? You've been with God, and you just, you just like feel God start to deal with stuff in your life. And then he began to speak to me. He's like, I feel like, like this is what I want my people to hear. This process that you're going through and that I'm taking you through, this is what I want to speak to my people today. And so the title of this message is called At His Feet. At His Feet. And there were several things when I was coming to God and I was getting before his feet that I felt like I learned that I feel like is important for us today. And one of them is that God listens. Now, as a Christian, you know God listens. He tells us to pray. But see, when I was telling God all about the things that I was dealing with, it was probably like the 25th time that I told him. And I was like, God, I really need some answers. And I'm like, but this and but that. And please give me an answer. And I can't take it anymore. And in my head, I started to feel like God's going, again, Katie? You're telling me it again? Where's your faith? Like, you're supposed to believe that I work out all things for good. And I started feeling a little guilty that I was bringing it to God once again. And that it was still messing with me and it was still bothering me. But God spoke to me and he said, daughter, no, no, I want to listen to you. I want to hear what you have to say, what's weighing on your mind. 1 Peter 3.12 says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayers. Attentive isn't like you kind of hear somebody while you're doing something else. It's you're tuned in to the prayers. See, if God was bored with my prayer after the 25th time I told him, he was actually bored with it before I ever said anything. He already knew what I was going through. He already knew my situation. He knows it better than when I know it. And so if he was going to be bored with it, he would have been bored with it a long time ago. He doesn't ask for my prayers to hear the details. He asks for my prayers to hear my heart. And so when I'm coming to him, if I'm still struggling with it, if it's still messing with me, he wants to hear that. He wants to be the first person that hears that. He wants me to run to his feet and say, God, I need you because it's getting me again. He wants to hear what I call my babble because he loves me that much and he wants to be close to me. Think of when you're sharing your heart with someone. Do you shout it across the room? No, you, you, you get right next to them and you, and you talk to them so they can hear your tone of your voice and, and they can hear your heart and they can see your face. That's what God wants. He wants to listen to us, whatever's going on, however many times we need to tell him. 
The next thing is that he lifted the burden. You know, when the things of the world start kind of messing with you like that, they become heavy. They start to weigh down on you. They start to, like I said, steal your rest a little bit. This thing started, I was thinking about it when I went to bed at night, so I lost a little sleep on the front end, and then I would wake up early in the morning thinking about that thing, and I was losing sleep on the back end. And my family can tell you, I'm not too happy when I don't have enough rest. I need my sleep, and so I knew that I had to have God deal with this thing and lift that burden so that I could find rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He's inviting us to come. What is the thing that's weighing you down? Come to me. Come to me, my son. Come to me, my daughter. I want to lift that thing off of you. But what do we have to do? We have to come. We have to come to his feet. We have to come and be in his presence so that he can lift that thing off of us. Another thing he did is he removed the guilt and the lies. I told you in the beginning that I was starting to feel guilty for bringing it to him again. A little ashamed that I should have had greater faith to where I knew that God was just going to take care of this thing. But Romans 8.1 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That, that feeling of guilt, that's never God. Never God. Those lies that say that you can't come to him, that you should have this or should have that, that, that's not God. And he said, no, that is not me, daughter. But you know what? That was still a repentance thing. I needed to repent for that. C.S. Lewis had a great quote, and he said, when we inquire why a sin was committed, we can be assured it is because one has loved that which is inferior to that which is superior. And so what I did is I accepted and believed an inferior view of God. And I needed to repent of that. I need to say, God, I'm sorry that I lowered my view of you to, to something much less than who you are. But you know what he did? What he always does? What he's faithful to do? He said, I'm going to wash that thing away right there. Don't sit in that guilt anymore. Don't sit in those lies anymore. I'm going to wash that away and take that right on out of your heart and restore you right back to that place. And I'm going to speak truth to your heart so you know who I am, so you don't believe those lies anymore, so they can't get in there anymore because I want you to know me. He also restored my joy and put my soul at rest. Man, I've shared before that I spent many years in a place of depression. And so the value of joy to me is just immeasurable. To, to be in that place where your joy just really pours from the inside out. Psalms 30:11 says that you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing and you have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. That's what God does. He takes all that stuff that weighs you down and he turns it into joy. And I'm not going to paint a picture for you of what that day looked like, but there was dancing and there was singing and there was rejoicing because all of that stuff that had weighed me down so long, I was set free from. 
Have you experienced the joy of the Lord? The Bible says that in his presence is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. But we find it at his feet. We have to go to his feet to find that fullness of joy. If we try to find it in other things or in other places, it's just not good enough. It's just not lasting. But when we go to his presence, he offers us fullness of joy. Acts 3.19 says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. He refreshes you. He gives you rest so that you can live your life from that place of joy and rest. My friends, we have to operate from this place, from a place of rest and a place of joy. We can't be worried and stressed out like the rest of the world. What do we, what do we have to offer if that's what they see? We have to be someone that is attractive to the world to where they say, man, how do they walk through those things? And they walk through it and they maintain their joy. They maintain their rest. Their life is in balance. They're not worried and stressed. We don't find that on our own. We find that when we come to his feet. And we receive it from him and he fills us with the rest and joy so that we can go out because he's carrying our burdens Whatever they are, he's lifted them off of us because the world will continue to try to throw them back on you. But we go to his feet and he picks them back up and he fills us with joy and he fills us with, puts us in a place of rest so that we can live life from that place. But oftentimes, when we get into, when we come to Jesus' feet, this is kind of where we leave. Like, thanks, God. Okay. You know, you, I gave you my problems, you lifted the burden, you, you washed me clean, you, you filled me with joy, bye. See you later, I appreciate it. A lot of times, that's been me. Bit on a time limit, have things to do, got what I needed, and got to go. Anybody else been in that place? I want to read a passage with you in Luke. It's Luke 8. And where we're at is Jesus, most of you probably know this story, Jesus had went over into the land of the Gadarenes, and there was a demon-possessed man there, right? And this guy was crazy. He was, you know, well, Jesus met him, and he didn't have any clothes on, so that right there tells you something. Um, but then they said that he was living in the tombs, that they had tried to bind him with shackles and chains, and he broke free from them. And here Jesus comes over, and this man comes up to him, and and. It, Jesus sets him free, like Jesus did, right? And it was this kind of unique way, big display way. The demons go into the pigs. The pigs run violently off the cliff. Do you guys know that story? Yeah. So I want to read you here in verse, starting in 35. It says, Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They also who had seen it told them by what means who he had been demon-possessed was healed. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding regions of the Gadarenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear, and he got into the boat and returned. Let's pause. That man could have said, wow, I am set free. I am in my right mind. 
I got my clothes back on. It is a good day. I am going to go home and I'm going to tell my friends. But what did he do? He sat at the feet of Jesus. He sat there. Why is this significant? Let's read on. Verse 38, it says, Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. What did Jesus do? He gave him purpose. He spoke purpose to his life. He said, let me tell you what I called you to do. Let me tell you what you're here for. If he would have got up and went home, he wouldn't have heard his purpose. He wouldn't have known what he was called to do. He would have had this experience, and he would have been set free from it. But what do you do with that? But Jesus had a plan for his life. He said, I want to take what the enemy meant to destroy you, and I want to use it to set captives free. I have a purpose for you. I have a purpose for, the, for what you went through that I want to speak to you so that you can make a difference in this world. Do you know we have a purpose? Do you know you have a purpose? You find that at the feet of Jesus. It's unique. No one else has your same purpose. If you look around and you try to find it from what you see around, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss the mark. You have to find your purpose at the feet of Jesus like this man did. And it was in that moment that God said, this is what you're supposed to do. He breathed life into the man, lit him on fire with purpose. And the man went and preached the gospel throughout all the land. We read on later that Jesus came back there and the land was ripe for harvest. He came back and the people were like, let me know. Now they first sent Jesus away and said, we don't want you, son of God, crazy. But now they're saying we're hungry for what you have to say. Because this man sowed seeds, right? Seeded the soil of the hearts of the people. See, when I was sitting at the feet of Jesus, I never got the answers to what I came for. Still don't have them. I still don't know what to do with all the stuff that I came and, to him for. But you know what? I got this message. I did. You know what? I got prophetic words for people. Yeah. I got, I got direction for my life and other things. So what happened is God gave me what I needed. He didn't give me what I wanted, but he gave me what I needed. He spoke purpose that went far beyond the answers that I was actually looking for. Because now in light of everything else that he said to me, I don't even need to know those things now. I don't even need to know them. So when we come to Jesus and we sit long enough, when we're willing to wait, when we're willing to let him be finished, not us be finished, him be finished, we'll find what purpose God has for our life. That's what we're here for, right? We're here to find out what God wants us to do. It's one of the, the most uh, widely asked questions, what am I here for? That's where we find it. We find it at the feet of Jesus. 
Now, if you're like me, maybe you ask, man, how, how do I get into his presence? About 12 years ago, I was praying to God, and I was like, God, I can get into your presence in worship. So on Sunday mornings, we're good. I was raised in a fantastic church. The presence of God was there all the time, and I could get into the presence of God. But, you know, Monday morning, when I was tired, I was like, I don't know what to do. I read my Bible, check. I listen to worship music, check. But nothing is happening, and I don't know what is wrong. How do I get into your presence, God? And God gave me this passage that I want to read to you. I'm going to read you this chapter in Psalms. Good thing it's only five verses otherwise. (laughs) Um, But it's Psalms 100, and it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God, and it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. There it is. We enter into the presence of God with thankfulness. With thankfulness. And this sets our heart. And sometimes my time of thankfulness is long because I have been in a place of maybe ingratitude. And so I have to remind myself of all the things that God has done in my life, all the things that I am thankful for to set my heart to a place to be able to receive what he has for me. Because see, when I come into the, try to get into the presence of God and I'm not in in a posture of thankfulness, then I am expecting something. I am, like when I entered in a couple weeks ago, I was expecting God to give me certain answers. And I had to posture my heart with thankfulness into a place to where I was like, God, whatever you give me is good. Look at all the things you've already given me. They are good, and I know whatever you give me today will be good. We enter into his courts with praise. We declare who he is. We declare his goodness and his glory and his holiness. And what does that do when we sing it out of our mouth, like the scriptures say? We, we are changing the atmosphere around us and in us. We are created in the image of God and God spoke with his mouth. We are able to speak with our mouth and things happen. And when we declare the praises of God, we change the atmosphere and it welcomes the presence of God in to where we are. We have to set our mind on things above, like it says in Colossians, set your mind on things above, on heavenly things. That's where you are. That's where your mind should always be, on the things of God. And we also do what David did and we say, God, search my heart. Search my heart. If there's anything in there that's keeping distance between me and you pointed out and I'm letting go of that thing I promise you I promise you if you do that God shows up he is faithful to his word he shows up every time if we're thankful we posture a heart right we praise God for who he is we're willing to repent of anything God will meet you wherever you are on Monday morning You don't need a worship team to do that. You don't need a message to do that. You don't need a pastor to pray for you. God will be there. Why? Because God loves you. God wants to be with you. 
He doesn't want to only meet with you through other people. He wants to meet with just you. He wants you at his feet because he has purpose for you that he wants to share with you, that he wants to whisper in your ear so you can go and you can make a difference in the world around you. Why did I feel this message was important today? Because we're in a war. We said it earlier. We are in a war and it's intensifying. We don't have the luxury any longer to sit around and say, I'll figure out my purpose tomorrow. We need to know our purpose today. I think that most of the world would agree we are now in a battle, right? But as the church, we need to know what battle we're in. We are not in a political battle. We are not in a racial battle. We are not in any of those battles. We are in a spiritual battle. If we go and we try to fight against flesh and blood, we're going to lose. If we try to pick up the weapons of this world, we are going to cause more harm and more damage to ourselves and to the people around us. But if we will pick up the weapons that God has given us and we will fight the spiritual battle, then we will win because God has already given us the victory. We don't have to hope for a victory. We can know that we will have a victory. But we have to know our skill set. We can't wield someone else's skill set. We can't use an airplane to be a sniper, right? I would love to be a sniper. Is that weird? Is it? I would. I've asked Matt to teach me, but he's not one either, so I'm not sure. He shoots deer, though, and so I figured it was close enough. Anyway, if we're called to be a sniper in the army of God, we can't try to be an Air Force fighter pilot, right? And we can't use an airplane to do it. We need to know what God's called us to do. Not everyone's called to be a pastor. Not everyone's called to be an evangelist. Thank God for that. There are many other things that we need to fill, many other places and positions in the body of Christ that we need to fill, and we need you to do you, to do who God created you to be, to be proud of that. He didn't create lesser positions. Every position is important and needed and valuable. And we need every person in the body of Christ to find who God created them to be, to walk in that purpose, to wield the weapons that he has called us to wield so that we can win this thing, so that we can save souls, so that we can push back darkness. We need to be a people that says, Satan, you're not getting it here. You're not getting my city. You're not getting my family. You're not getting my church. You have already lost because I'm going to walk in the authority that God created me to walk in. But this all begins at the feet of Jesus. That's where it starts. In our private time, in the time where we draw near, every war has intelligence gathering, battle plan making, all of that. Our time with Jesus is gathering the most intelligence from the greatest source that we could ever have. 
It's the best battle plan that has ever been laid out. But we have to go get it. We have to go get it. Psalms 110 says, The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Now this was God speaking to Jesus. We know that. But we also know that we are heirs with Christ. We also know that the Bible tells us that the enemies are going to be under our feet. Right? So we can stand in that victory. We can stand knowing that we've already won. Amen? Amen. So I want to invite Pastor Matt to come up. Because, yep, you. There's not another Pastor Matt in here, is there? Um, do you need a microphone? Oh. He really did know he was going to do this. Bottom. So what I want to do is I, I want to take an opportunity for us to get at the feet of Jesus. So if the worship team could come up. I want to end the way we began. We began and God was moving. What? Nothing. You're ruining my moment. Sorry. <laughs> um, God wants us to draw near to him. And I want to take what we've heard today. I want to take what we've learned. And, and I want to provide an opportunity for everyone to pour their heart out to God. To, to be able to allow him to lift whatever burden you walked in here with. Whatever it is that's weighing you down. If there's things that are keeping you up at night that are weighing on your mind. Decisions that need to be made. Whatever it is. I want to provide an opportunity for you to give them to God here tonight, for him to lift those things off, for him to speak to your heart, be in a posture that says, God, show me, is there anything that needs to change in my heart? Is there any lies that I've believed? One of the greatest times I had with God was when I was asking God a whole bunch of whys. Why this? Why is that happening? Why do I not hear you? Why, why, why? And he simply said, because you believe the lie. I was like, whoa, whoa. That's what a lie can do. It can really set us off course. But you know what? In a moment, God can change that. In a moment, truth can separate the lie in our heart from truth, and it can set us, and God can set us free. And so open our heart to where God can reveal anything in your heart and that you can lay it at his feet. And so as we sing, I want to invite anybody who wants prayer to come up. We want to pray with you. Pastor Matt will pray with you. Um, our prayer team, if you want to come up and pray with you. And we can believe with you that you're going to walk out of here restored, full of joy, rested, ready to go. That God will speak purpose to your heart if you don't know what that is. Okay? All right, let's worship. Oh.